Welcome to the Tandem Talk Show, where we help women dial in their nutrition and fitness so that they can lose fat, tone up, and transform their lives. And now your host from Tandem Nutrition, Coach G. Welcome to the Tandem Talk Show. My name is Coach G and I'm your host. I'm really excited for this episode of the Tandem Talk Show. This is episode four of our series and I'm with a very special guest today, our very own Coach Barnes. Hey, hey. Guys, you have a very exciting topic that we're going to cover today um, in our group. If you're not yet a member of our private Facebook community, the Tandem Tone Up community, um, let us know. You can always comment below. Let us know. We'll add you to our free group to get free live trainings, resources, and more great information to help you towards your goals. For those who are new to the podcast, this is a podcast solely dedicated to help women just like you lose body fat, tone up, achieve your goals in a healthy and sustainable way. Well, keeping you updated on the most and latest and greatest ways to lose fat and tone up according to what science says and what our experience says approves to be uh, the best strategies in how to do so. Today, we have a very exciting episode on the topic of weight training. In fact, today's episode, we'll be going over the top five mistakes that women make when weight training. Cannot wait to go over this episode with Coach Barnes. Um, and for, for those of you who don't know who Coach Barnes is yet, Coach uh, Coach Barnes, could you kind of go over uh, your background and you know how you coach here at Hay Nutrition and what you specialize in? Yeah, so my background is quite eclectic and uh, it's not very linear, not very predictable. So I started off years ago as a professional musician. Got to I was signed a record label. Got to travel and see the world. Um, put out CDs and music videos, and that was amazing. Happened at the right time of life, and then everybody got married and had kids, and then I found myself in the world of financial services, like retirement planning, which that makes a lot of sense, right? Rockstar, financial planner. And I, along the way, developed a passion for um, all things that had to do with self-mastery and self-improvement, and obviously fitness and nutrition are huge components of that, and I found... I just became fascinated with being able to just control these different elements and understand things to the point where that I was no longer frustrated by how to get the result. I knew precisely how to command my body to do whatever it was I wanted it to do. And, um, you know, when you and I met a couple of years ago, it was, I think it was like two years ago now, man. That's crazy. Is that it right? Has yeah. Time just goes yeah. by so quickly. And, um, cause, and we had known each other online for a little bit longer than that, but we, we met in person and it was kind of the alignment of the stars and you kind of um, provided me this platform to be able to help people with it um, in a way that I wasn't able to before because people would always ask me questions about fitness and nutrition and I would always answer them and I enjoyed it, but then you gave me a way to be able to help more people on a larger scale. Mm. And, um, and so I definitely like it. It's very liberating and life changing. And so I like mm -hmm. to help other people understand these concepts as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Coach Barnes, you're definitely amazing at what you do and you have experience and results to prove it. And you're right, man. You've, you, uh, for those of you who don't know, coach Barnes was, was the first coach here at 
10 Nutrition. And it's been about two years since you joined the team. And man, you've impacted so many lives uh, since joining the team and even before, man. So I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, we definitely consider you the training guru of the group, uh, especially with your specialized knowledge of training and how that relates to body transformation um, in both women and men, which really kind of touches with, uh, I guess, touches closely with today's topic. Um, when it comes to the top five mistakes that women make when weight training. So before we get into today's episode, I do want to go over a couple of big wins from our group. Um, and just want to first say a uh, shout out to a few of our newest members. Uh, first one being Miss Kim Finger. She lives in uh, Westville, Indiana. She is our newest Tone Up VIP member uh, from Indiana. We also have uh, Katie Gadek. She is, she's living in Tennessee right now. She's our Tone Up Elite member, one of our newest members to our Tone Up Elite program, uh, and also Natalie Layfield as well. So a few members showing our team very new. And Jason, do you have anyone you want to welcome or give a shout out to for uh, for wins from our group? Uh, yeah, I don't have any brand new clients to introduce, but man, I, I have I don't know where to start. I don't want to leave anybody out, but um, you know, I'm I'm prepping a lot of people uh, to uh, go off and kind of finish and, and kind of transition into a metabolic reset phase, which is you know, kind of a, a, a breath of fresh air for people who have been focused on fat loss for so long. And it's mm -hmm. nice that they understand that, hey, there's there's a structure to this part of the plan as well. It's not just the diet's over and YOLO. It's, hey, I still have things to keep myself accountable. I'm learning life skills um, that will uh, be sustainable for a lifetime, not mm -hmm. just some 12-week diet or something like that. We, we as you know, at Tandem, we like to educate so people can create a lifestyle, not just follow orders and, and not understand what's going on. Exactly. We tell our clients and everyone interested that we help each client go into a diet that has an exit plan uh, accompanied with each diet. So they don't only lose the weight that we help them lose, but also keep it off for life. And that's, I believe, the key separator with us and our programs, our strategies and our coaches is uh, we come along with them to show them, we teach them how to, to lose weight and how to keep it off too. And what you said too is is a very important strategy uh, through that metabolic reset phase. Guys, if you're curious, if you want to learn more about the metabolic reset phase, comment metabolic reset below. Let us know that you're tuning in. Let us know that you're interested in that phase and we can definitely chat more about it through our post and through conversations in the Facebook group. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode topic, uh, which is the top five mistakes that women make when weight training. Guys, this will blow your mind. Uh, Coach Barnes has a great list of strategies and ideas that he's seen throughout his years of experience helping women lose weight and mistakes that he's seen women make um, that could be impeding their progress. So Coach Barnes, start us off. What is the biggest mistake you see women make when it comes to weightlifting? Uh, I think the biggest mistake, first of all, is not lifting weights. Um, because they're afraid there's, there's this, um, idea floating around that I don't want to get bulky. So it really, a lot of the mistakes all revolve around not really wanting to look manly. And I, I totally understand the fear there, but the ironic thing is the physique that they're after the way to get there is actually by doing a lot of the things that they're the most afraid to do. And the first of which is simply lift weights. And I mean, lift weights in a challenging way. Hmm. Uh, which leads me into number two, which is simply going too light. I don't mean go for the two pound dumbbells, ladies, your babies and your groceries weigh more than that. Um, I mean, you actually have to challenge the muscle. I'm not talking about becoming a power lifter or bodybuilder, but you have to provide a stimulus to the muscle. And what this does is it doesn't make you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It simply allows your body to have a, 
what we call a nutrient partitioning effect. Basically, you're instructing the calories that you consume where to go. You start leaning out. You start building and tone. It gives you that toned look that you want, mm-hmm. which um, and it and that's simply a matter of the toned look comes through reducing body fat and maintaining and or building lean mass. There's no rep range that tones your muscles and then others that makes them bulky. You know, lifting weights is the stimulus to maintain and or build lean mass. And then the calories, you know, a calorie deficit and sufficient protein is what you need in order to lose that body fat as well. Number three that I have down here, and Garrett, stop me if you want to hop in on any of these. So a l- great list so far, man. So number yeah. one, like you mentioned how one of the biggest mistakes that women make is maybe just not engaging in weight training on a weekly basis. And, you know, for those listening who may be completely new to weight training or who may not weight train for certain reasons, whether they, again, they maybe feel like they would get bulky or um, they just don't want to spend time in the gym. What, what do you, where do you feel is a great place for someone to start? Who's, who's completely new to weight training, who does want to get into weight training? Where, where's a good place to start for them? Yeah. Cause I, I understand what you mean. They might want to, but maybe they're just self-conscious. They've never done it before. So it's that beginner phase. Um, well, you can certainly buy equipment, you know, work out at home. There's great uh, tandem at home workouts that we have, you know, and if you want to graduate past the body weight stuff and into actual weights, you know, there's, um, I think there's women only, or there, there's gyms that are kind of group fitness oriented where everybody is at the same level. And so you don't have to feel worried about where to start. You have an instructor. And um, I think that, you know, I understand if you go to a gym where there's a bunch of bodybuilders, you just feel intimidated and mm-hmm. uh, you don't even want to start. But also know that most people at a gym are not looking at you. They're thinking about themselves. So a lot of our fears tend to be in our own heads a lot of times. And if anybody would actually try to make a new person feel uh, dumb or anything for not knowing, that person does not deserve to be in the gym. Don't even give them the time of day. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. It's definitely, um, you know, even for me, sometimes it can be nerve wracking going to the gym, trying to get a good workout in and thinking, you know, what, how are others perceiving me, what I'm doing? And it, I'm so glad you, you recognize that. Um, you know, you had a past client, a Gabby Deke, who had made an incredible transformation throughout her program. And I believe that you did her training program too. And you mentioned just now how training to, uh, with two line weights can maybe you know, hinder someone's progress. Talk to us more about that and exactly what were some key elements you had in her program that made her achieve the results that she did? Yeah, Gabby was fantastic because she not only achieved really good results, but she was literally traveling like internationally for her job. Um, and didn't really know where she was going to be able to buy groceries or work out, but she made it happen. I think she may have also had, you know, you can buy a set of bands, uh, very useful for travel as well. Um, they can provide a lot of resistance, but, um, what was the second part of your question? I guess how, how specifically did you program her, her training to allow her to get the results that she did? Yeah, I think it's important to, uh, in terms of you want to take your, and this is don't, I'm not trying to confuse anybody, but your total weekly volume, your total number of sets and reps, you want to divide that out, not probably not just in one day for each muscle group, um, but probably over two or three or maybe even more, or maybe you do full body a few days a week because um, uh, it's really a good idea to stimulate those muscle fibers multiple times throughout the week because if you're only doing it once you know you're going to be recovered within a day or two Mm -hmm. and then you let five days go by before you hit it again women in particular can recover faster they tend to respond better to higher volume shorter rest periods and some of it has to do with 
they, they generate less fatigue because they're lifting lighter overall weights. Um, and also some of it like that, you know, that burn that men will feel around maybe eight, rep eight or 10. Sometimes females don't feel that until 15 or 20. Mm. And that's because they use less. It's harder for them. Their bodies are more stingy with muscle glycogen, mm. which is our stored form of carbohydrate. Men tap into that very quickly. Women actually use more fat for fuel during a workout and less at rest the rest of the day. Men are the exact opposite. We use more carbohydrate for fuel during a workout and therefore more fat the rest of the day. And so by training with weights in a heavy and challenging way, women are actually turning themselves into, you know, Lyle McDonald has said like a fat burning machine, right? Yeah. Like you're actually at rest instead of burning carbs, you know, you're actually burning fat more at rest too. So it actually helps with fat loss. Not just, it's not just about building muscle. It's also about losing fat. And this kind of goes along with one of your points coming up. What, what would you say to a woman who would rather put more energy into cardio than weight training because they want to stay in the fat burning zone? How would you respond to that? And is that a mistake you see often with the women you work with? Yeah. Especially if they're trying to target like an exact, like on the treadmill, like I want to, this is the only zone in which I'm burning fat and it's, well, you're expending energy, you're burning cat. All cardio is, is a way of expending more energy. There's nothing specifically about being on a treadmill or a stair climber that will lead to more fat loss than just simply moving around more throughout the day. Uh, so don't feel like you have to do cardio in order to lose weight. If you enjoy cardio, then by all means, it's a great way of expending energy, energy. But don't do something you hate just because you feel like you have to. Um, and so too much cardio is one of my mistakes. It's number three that I've written down because, um, you know, a lot of times my recommendation is lift weights and eat protein. Uh, but a lot of times they just want to eat fruit and do cardio. And that's actually not optimal for fat loss. Mm. So, um, again, a lot of these things are kind of counterintuitive because there's a lot of you know, fitness personalities out there saying, if you lift more than three pounds, you're going to get bulky. And when ladies, you know, there's a lot of guys in the gym intentionally trying really, really hard to get bulky and failing. It's just not in the genetic cards for you. What tends to happen is you tend to lean out, you get that tone look that you want. You enjoy the process. You feel satiated because you're actually eating protein. You're not starving all the time. You're not forcing yourself to do cardio and the end result of doing the things that you were afraid to do is actually what you wanted. So that's what I try to encourage uh, women to do is focus more on the weights, um, find a, and if it's circuit training, orange theory, however it is that you enjoy training with weights, I would encourage you to do that in it. You don't have to replace your cardio, but I would definitely incorporate that if you aren't already. Excellent. And you kind of going off of the successes that Gabby had. And by the way, just to tell everyone, uh, Gabby, uh, as uh, you mentioned, is a world traveler who world world traveler who lost over uh, twelve pounds of body fat while putting on muscle mass throughout your throughout your journey with her uh, with customized training. And we also have another client of yours uh, who ended her uh, prep last year, Caitlin, um, who lost a significant amount of body fat with doing little or no no, no cardio. Uh, tell us about that, Jason. Yeah, she competed at the Arnold. I prepped her for the Arnold and she did not do, I didn't give her any cardio and she got shredded. It was all about the diet and weight training. And um, all of my female clients, whether it's Christine St. John, Amanda Shriek, Susan Parks, Chaley, I could go on. I mean, I have a, a ton that I absolutely adore. 
they've all achieved their fat loss. Like whenever we post those transformations and they just look way more lean, way more toned, it's all the same thing. It's weight training and protein. Wow, that is so awesome. Yeah, ladies, if you're listening to this right now and if you're struggling to lose body fat while getting into, finding enough time to, to weight train, comment cardio below. Let us know if that's one thing that you're struggling with so we can help you give you the resources, the education, and um, just the free information to help you towards that system of doing more weight training, less cardio, and make sure you're seeing on top of your protein to achieve the success that um, that these clients are doing. It sounds like, Jason, that they're really focused on uh, maintaining a protein-focused calorie deficit in weight training and only doing cardio as much as necessary. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And one of, one of the other things is not enough protein. And I know that's a diet-related question, not specifically training, but it's very related. Um, and you know, trying a, a lot of women are naturally, they gravitate towards more fatty carby stuff, uh, cause it tastes great. I get it. Um, but yeah, like trying to get them a gram, a gram per pound of body weight or protein at first can be really challenging, but then they realize how easy it is. They're like, okay, just throw some chicken on my salad, have a Greek yogurt, maybe a protein shake, um, and then some chicken with dinner. And they're basically there, you know, it's. I think it's a mental block and another thing that they're afraid is going to make them, uh, they've heard, you know, I don't know where they get this information that protein will make them fat or bulky or whatever. No, I, I swear to God, it'll make you lean and sexy. Eat it. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, I mean, we've covered this in previous episodes, but how much protein do you recommend, you know, with, with, uh, Gabby and Caitlin and Amanda, like what's a good recommendation for someone who's wanting to know how much protein they should have each day while weight training? It's going to scale with the individual. Usually the leaner they are, the more protein I'm going to recommend and vice versa. If you're, if you have quite a bit of weight to lose, I'm going to recommend maybe a little bit less, but if you want a very general broad statement, I would say gram per pound of body weight. It's mm. pretty much always a good recommendation, pretty much never a bad one. Even if you are leaner or more overweight, you can't go wrong with gram per pound. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, when, when those, when I get contest preppers like super, super lean, I'm going to scale that up higher than a gram per pound actually. Mm. How many grams was Caitlin on? You remember? She was a protein fiend. Uh, <laughs> no, she would, she honest to God, she was eating like 200 grams of protein. Uh, I didn't have, I, I only had her prescribed like a little, like 1.2 grams and she weighed like a hundred and at the end of her prep, maybe 118 pounds or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, I typically will, will recommend anywhere from like one to one and a half grams per pound, but she was going even a little bit over that. I wasn't telling her to, she just loves protein. She had like this appetite right. for, pro and I didn't stop her. I was yeah. like, Hey, it will never, I mean, the there's been a lot of studies on done on this, like long-term studies on very high protein intakes and they're only beneficial. There are no detrimental effects. You know, some people, there was a, some concern that it had to do uh, negative impacts on your kidneys or something, which has been conclusively, repeatedly proven to be false. If you have an underlying kidney, kidney condition, it might make sense to reduce protein intake, but protein intake does not cause a kidney issue. It's a very, un, very, very unrelated, and it's very unusual for somebody to have one. So, absolutely. And, and ladies, listen to this. Uh, you, know, Caitlin's transformation, as all, along with you know Gabby's and many of other of Jason's clients, like these are just not any just small transformations. Caitlin started off around 155 pounds. She got down to 115 ish. Is that right? If I remember, yeah, this was back in March when she competed. Right. It was actually I couldn't be there because of COVID. It was like the right. first thing that got canceled 
or yeah so she lost a significant amount of body fat um so in, in the strategies the i guess the techniques that you took her through the phases were very unique too in fact you you kind of split up her diet and you you um added a metabolic reset phase in between um her two dotting periods is that right yeah metabolic yeah we did um we kind of did a pre-diet uh then a diet break and then a hardcore diet just because, you know, the longer you're in a deficit, the more and the leaner you are, the more your body adapts and starts fighting back for different evolutionary reasons that I don't want to bore everybody with. But basically it says, hey, I'm starving to death. I'm going to start shutting everything down. And at some point, women can uh, have amenorrhea, which is the lack of the menstrual cycle. Um, and that is something that we want you to get back pretty quickly. I had a client that we got her back because it can actually affect bone density, which later down the road can increase your likelihood of osteoporosis. Now, sometimes convincing a 22-year-old bikini athlete to deliberately put on some weight because of what might happen when she's 70 right. isn't the easiest thing, but it is important for health. So, Absolutely. And we have some awesome questions coming okay. in. Um, I want to go over this last mistake as well before we jump into the question. So uh, keep jotting your questions in the comments. Sherry, Sam, uh, thank you for adding those in. We'll definitely get those in a second. Um, so our top four so far is top four mistakes uh, before we were the fifth one that women make when weight training are one, not not lifting, so not engaging in weight training. Number two, going too light when weight training. Number three, doing too much cardio and not enough weight training or just doing too much cardio in general. Not eating enough protein to support the growth of new, of new muscle tissue. So Jason, what is number five? What is the fifth the fifth top mistake that you yeah. see women make when weight training? Yeah, and I'll add to that number two, the going too light, staying too far from failure. Like sometimes mm -hmm. women will, they'll just pick up a weight and do a few reps and put it down. They could have done 10 more. You got to get within proximity to a failure to really see any kind of results. Um, and don't think that just high reps make your muscles toned. Uh, yeah, I think we already touched on that. It's, you know, uh, lifting weights in general provides a stimulus to grow your muscle. Um, you can achieve that through five reps, 30 reps. That's kind of the range that you want to be in. That's a very broad range and unusual to see people going outside of. Um, and then the last one would be training too infrequently. Um, at least per muscle group, you know, you don't, you want to be training each muscle group at least twice a week. And for women, maybe even three, depending on the body part, just because you recover so much faster, you can handle so much more volume. A lot of men are jealous of the amount of training that you guys can get away with and recover from. You seem to need less of a rest period in between sets. So take advantage of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a great top five. And yeah, definitely keep um, pushing hard with um, the weights and, and going uh, uh, not as infrequently too. I think that's a great point too. And I think another big mistake I see too is it's women, two things. One, always chasing the burn. That's one thing I want to ask you, Jason. How significant is the burn that we feel when weight training? Should women be seeking that out every workout or um, what, should, what should they be focusing on? That's an interesting question. Um, do you mean burning as in like strictly lifting weights or like they try to get their heart rate up and like cardio, like hit cardio stuff? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I hear a lot of women talk about how they want to do more high reps and really kind of feel the burn. And then they almost feel like they've left really just like, like, uh, they've really just kind of trashed their muscles and how they really kind of build up a lot of lactic acids. Should they be chasing like a pump or a specific sensation in their muscles? Or is it really just kind of sticking the basics that you went over? Well, yeah, I think they should be uh, challenging their muscle. It doesn't have to be in high reps, though. It can be in five to ten rep range. It's just that 
like I said, women tend to not tap into their glycogen stores, which causes that burning sensation until they're higher in reps than men. So maybe they feel like they haven't achieved the same kind of stimulus if they don't go high reps. So I can understand that. Perfect. Um, I mean, if, if I train too much below the six to eight rep range, I feel like I'm just like I'm not a power lifter. I'm not built for it. Like I get it. Uh, it doesn't really do much for me other than make me feel stupid. And like, I just, you know, got hit by a truck or something. Um, and, uh, like you don't want to try to see me trying to do like my one RM squat. It's just, <laughs> not, I'm not built for it. I'm but, sure, um, sure it looks good, but no, I definitely understand that. But yeah, so they, I mean, they should definitely be challenging themselves, but it doesn't have to specifically be I'm on fire. Mm -mm. Good. Okay. Right on, man. So let's jump right into the questions we have. A few questions coming in. And guys, this is your time to ask Coach Barn your questions about weight training, weight loss, women in weight training, weight loss, anything you want to. I'll show the questions on our screen, Jason, and we can kind of go from there. Um, so first question is um, from Sam. She asked, any hints how to up five and two pound weights? Everything has been sold out for months. So I think she was referring to how to make it more challenging when maybe heavier weights aren't present. Uh, yeah. What about you, Sam? Maybe she's maybe she's training at home. Maybe the gyms are closed or she's not comfortable going. So bands are a good alternative. I know those are sold out a lot as well. Jugs, a, a milk jug with water in it, you know, something that can provide resistance um, you can also do well, like pre-fatiguing things, like if you want to do jump squats right before you do lunges or body weight squats to kind of fatigue your legs first, so then you can actually feel like body weight stuff is challenging. Um, you got to get creative, and some of our tandem at home free workouts and send you uh, will kind of help with that. Adjustable dumbbells, which I know are some of the stuff that that are sold out, but those are the ones where you can like they're they're like one thing, but you can take a lever and like make them the different weights they take up less space and they're, those are pretty genius, but, um, yeah, you just kind of have to start getting creative with, um, ways of fatiguing your muscles. Exactly. I like your idea of like the milk jugs. I use, I, I use laundry detergent, uh, like boxes and also like a I have like salt bags. Yeah. Like a backpack full backpack of books. Too. Yeah. And what, Oh, we have like mulch around the, my home now. So like I was using bags of mulch. So uh, anything you, like you mentioned, that can apply resistance. So those are all great ideas. Uh, thanks for sharing those, Jason. And great question, Sam, too. If you have any other questions, Sam, let us know. Uh, we'd be more than happy to answer this for you. So next question comes from, who asked this awesome question? I think Sherry asked the question. I can't come up with enough foods to eat to get my protein goal in. What was she eating? Probably talking about Caitlin, I would imagine. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So what I'm glad, that you can, I'm glad that you can see their names because all I see is Facebook user. Yeah. I, look, that's all I see too. I am going back to the Facebook yeah. page. Uh, great call though. So yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's having trouble hitting their protein goal each day? Well, lean meats are always great. Uh, whether it's chicken breast, tuna, um, any kind of, you know, meat product will be very high in protein, egg whites, uh, protein powders, Greek yogurt. You can make like protein pudding with a uh, scoop of protein in, into some Greek yogurt. It's delicious. It tastes like a dessert, but it's protein. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just those things, just making sure you get sufficient quantities and leaving room by not consuming too much of other things. 
Absolutely. And a couple other ideas too, which the ideas you shared, Jason, are really great. Um, a couple other ideas could be if you're already eating the meat, as you mentioned, maybe try to increase the size or quantity of the meat you're already consuming. Maybe even having another protein um, meal or snack throughout the day to up your protein goal. Um, I, I like you mentioned too, I love adding protein powder in really like sneaky places to really amp up my protein. Um, I think as you mentioned too, with adding whey protein to Greek yogurt or even like oatmeal cereal, like eat cereal almost every day. And I don't use milk. I just literally just add water, the cereal, and then I don't have anything against milk. I just, um, just, uh, I guess I couldn't go through the entire half gallon in a good time. So I guess I could have a drink, eat milk every day or easier every day. But anyway, I like it because, um, whey protein adds flavor to it. So yeah, there's also cool snacks. There's also stuff like quest protein chips. They taste like real chips, but they're like super low carb, super high protein, you know, Stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's a question from Krista. Krista asks, is there a limit to how much protein your body can absorb per day? Wow. Great. That's a really good question. I also get the per meal question as well. Mm. Um, so Let's start with that. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting question because I know what they mean. Uh, the answer is no, there's no limit. Like your body is going to absorb and utilize all of the nutrients that you put in. Um, when people say that, a lot of times it's bodybuilders talking about the, the total amount of money, uh, money, protein that can be used for maximizing protein synthesis, which is the, we're in all the way, all through the day, we're always going through protein breakdown, protein synthesis. And um, so depending on your size and activity level and what you've done right before an age, protein synthesis can kind of maximally be stimulated, usually between like 25 and 50 grams per meal, but that doesn't mean if you go higher than that, it's going to go to waste. Your body will basically just oxidize it for energy and use it as a fuel source. Um, your body doesn't have a storage component for protein, so it's not like if you eat too much protein, it'll get stored as fat. You're literally just going to oxidize it and burn it off as fuel, pee it out, nitrogen, all that stuff. Um, and in a day, no, it's really, it's really based on, uh, your total intake for the day should be scaled to your macros, you know, one gram per pound or more. Um, but it's really going to be that per dose that is the most optimal way of spreading it out. You don't really want to have 90% of your protein at dinner and 5% at lunch. You know, like it's, it's okay. Like the, mo if you're talking about fat loss, it really becomes less important. But if you do care about maintenance of lean mass, you should probably think about spreading it out evenly, but also don't stress about, because if you're, Let's say you're a 200 pound person and you're only eating three meals a day, which is great, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You're gonna need about 60 or 70 grams of protein per meal, right? Which is above that threshold, but that doesn't mean that it's going to waste. Um, it, it just means that since you're only eating three meals, getting bigger doses is, and I, believe me, I eat some meals that have at least that much protein in them and I'm doing just fine, so. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I see women make or people make in general when it comes to having their protein spread throughout the day is they consider a meal uh, with protein, like say like string cheese 
in an apple. So like very little amounts of protein each meal. And science suggests that it's, uh, it may be more optimal for muscle growth and for fat loss by having a certain amount of protein each meal to hit that threshold to maximally simulate the muscle building response. So uh, as, as you said, Jason, and those listening, it's important to, not, to hit your protein intake goal throughout the whole entire day and to spread it evenly throughout the day and try to have at least, what, 20, 25 grams of protein each meal to get the fullest effect from fat loss and from muscle building um, through each meal. Yeah, it's really about the leucine threshold. So leucine is a branch chain amino acid that's present in high quality proteins. And it's basically the key that initiates protein synthesis. And so uh, you can get basically three grams of leucine and about 30 grams of high quality protein. Um, and so if you're getting 20 grams of protein from bread or something, that'd be a lot of bread, but also not the highest quality protein. So you really want to make sure that the quality is there. And so you're reaching that leucine threshold um, to really, uh, and like, so if you're only eating a thing of string cheese or some almonds, even those are, those are good snacks and they have some protein in them, they are not what I would call a protein source. So you would want to make sure to maybe eat some meat with it, maybe a protein shake, some way of reaching that what we call leucine threshold to really maximize the protein response, even though you're not getting technically enough protein. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Great point there. Thanks for adding that. So our next question comes from Sam. She asks, how do we know when you get your muscles fatigued uh, in the moment? I don't feel it. I feel it more the next day to realize it was too much after the fact. Uh, what advice would you give Sam, Jason? Yeah. I mean, if that, if it's a new person, then you're, you're, ability to gauge how close you are to failure is going to be just not there yet. You need to get experience. But I would say like, um, if you are able to maintain good form through movement, you don't want to be contorting your body just to heave some weight. That's a mistake that men make. Women don't tend to do it as much. Um, but if you're able to maintain good form in your ending, if you're being forced to basically end the set because you cannot maintain good form, uh, and complete another rep, that's a pretty good sign that you're within a good proximity to where you should be stopping. Because if you have to, if you're squatting and you have to like buckle over forward and turn it into like a good morning, like weird thing, uh, then yeah, that's probably too much. Um, or if you're bicep curling and you need to like lunge backwards and do like a glute hip thrust thing to get it up, then don't do that. But um, yeah, and the more well-trained you become the less sore you're going to get like i it's very hard for an advanced lifter to get sore so if you're getting sore all the time yeah you might just be newer and maybe need to stay further away take it easy a little bit but i think it's also important to, for people to take sets to failure so they know what that means because mm -hmm. there's yep. been studies where um, they said all right take what is your 10 rm and do 10 reps with it and then but don't stop at 10 keep going and the average person in the study did like seven to ten reps more and it's like, so yes, I think, I think training to failure isn't required all the time, but it is very important to at least know that you're with them because you typically want to be training anywhere from zero to three reps um, from fatigue, getting too far, the further you get away, the less beneficial uh, it's going to be. And just to clarify, you mentioned zero to three reps from fatigue or zero to three reps from failure. Well, I, I'm using failure and fatigue kind of interchangeably. Mm -hmm. I don't mean like having the bar drop, like collapse under the bar. Gotcha. I just mean that if you're, if you're able to, if you are not able to complete another rep with good form, let's call I that see. failure. Gotcha. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Great point. Um, 
one other question from uh, Carrie in the group. She asked, uh, actually two more questions. Um, she asked, what's the best way to lean out and counting calories or macros? So uh, the absolute um, non-negotiable for leaning out and losing body fat is gonna be like we always say, a calorie deficit. Um, and a lot of people don't know that um, macros are calories, right? Like all of the calories that you eat in the day can be broken down into the three macronutrients. A gram of protein has four calories, a gram of carbs has four calories, and a gram of fat has nine calories. And so everything you eat, all those macros are going to add up to your sum total of calories. Now, since we focus on body composition at Tandem, we do give macronutrient recommendations because without sufficient protein, the ratio of lean mass to fat mass that you're going to lose on a deficit is not going to be great. That's why um, protein is priority number one. Um, the calorie deficit is also up there. And then carbs to fats really is going to depend on preference and activity level, I think. Perfect. Awesome. Here, here's a question from uh, our good friend, Tracy. Uh, Tracy asked, I feel like I could lift more prior to when COVID started. I'm guessing because uh, there was a couple months I didn't really have any heavy weights to lift at that time. Now that we have... Uh, now that we have built our home gym and have heavier weights, how long does it take to get back to lifting what I was doing? Well, that's, really that's awesome that you have uh, a home gym now. That's great. And I'm sure it feels good to get back at it. Don't kill yourself right out of the gate. But the good news is the whole muscle memory thing, that's real. And it does come back very quick. You're going to feel like a beginner again, the newbie gains. Um, and so take advantage of that. You'll probably be back up to par within a couple months. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, four to eight weeks is a good, um, time frame to kind of well, definitely probably closer to eight weeks. And with myself, like I almost took off completely six months and I almost convinced myself that it was okay to take a longer period of time because I was almost, I was purposely detraining my body. Uh, so it can like be more responsive to the stimulus that I was giving it once to get back to weight training. And, um, you know, I do feel, you know, there's a slight increase in feeling more full, but it could be just from glycogen, but my strength levels are still not quite, quite where they're at, but with more consistency, um, I know I'll get there. So great job, Tracy. Um, I know you have a home gym, which is awesome and uh, definitely helps with being consistent. And I imagine that you'll be lifting as much, if not more than you were previously uh, in a matter of just weeks. So definitely keep it up. Awesome. So guys, if you have any more questions for us, let us know. We'll wait to hear a couple more minutes before we let Jason go. Jason, you provide a lot of value for our call today, actually uh, for our podcast today. So thank you for your time. And let's... Uh, Go throughout this list of questions. Some awesome. Well, thanks Sam, for having me. Of course, man. So Sam says, hey, uh, thank you, Carrie. Thanks for all your questions. Thanks, Tracy. Um, awesome. So that's it for today, guys. Jason, I want to say just special thank you to, for joining us today. Jason, where can people find you if they have any questions for you or if they want to reach out to you personally? Yeah, I'm, all, I'm on the Tandem page and the Tandem Tone Up page. So if you want to request me. Um, you know, I don't, I, and I'm on, I'm on Instagram, but as you know, Garrett, I'm not super active. He tags me all the time. So if you see me tagged, then you can follow me or whatever you do on Instagram and friend me on Facebook. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. Please reach out to Coach Barnes if you have any training questions. And if you're not yet a member of our private Facebook group, uh, you can join us going to facebook.com slash groups slash Tandatone Up. It's a free community that we share our best live trainings just as these, our resources and our best tips and tricks on how to help you uh, lose body fat and tone up in a both healthy and sustainable way. So Jason, thank you so much for coming on this evening. We really appreciate you and we look forward to staying in touch and uh, seeing all the great value you put in our group. Hey, have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Tandem Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.